Welcome to the Mid-City Soccer Show. I am your host, Matt Swift. Back with me, and we're back together after three weeks, David. David Gussler, how are you? I'm good, Matt. Uh, glad to be back. I wish I was on better terms. I kind of wish mm-hmm. I was avoiding these tough shows or these <laughs> <laughs> these these losses that we tend to keep having. But uh, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm all right, I guess. It would be better if we had a win at this point. But uh, how are you? Yeah. Uh, pretty good. This one was a pretty disappointing loss. Charlotte FC fall to Columbus Crew, four to two. David, before we get into the action, starting eleven. Was there anything that stood out to you in this one? Anything you didn't like? Yeah, I know we were debating offline in text and et cetera. Um, I would say I didn't have a problem with the lineup before kickoff. Um, I was okay with it because I know some of the criticism that Latanzio got previous weeks was that we didn't have much creativity with Carroll up top. Our midfield was lacking. So made some adjustments. He must have listened to the Facebook group and said, you know what, guys, you guys are right. Um, I'm going to move Carroll back to the midfield, create some creativity, and I'll put Patrick up top. And uh, to me, I don't think the results showed. I know Ashley Westwood had a pretty good quote after the game, but mm-hmm. – um, to me, I was not really a fan of the way of the first half and really what we produced. But um, I know you have a different opinion, sir. So what what do you think from it? I do. I, and I did like uh, Ashley Westwood's quote. He basically was saying we, we let Patrick down uh, since this was his first start. Uh, it just didn't play well. And, you know, I, I saw some comments in Slack and, you know, rest of social media about Patrick and he shouldn't have started and, and everything like that. Uh, it's it's hard to do anything when you have 12 touches. Uh, he had uh, really uh, a good play where he turned and, and had a shot. It wasn't on goal, but uh, I thought that was pretty bright. It showed how he can use his body. Um, but I, I thought he played, played decent for the amount of minutes that he had. Uh, again, hard to do anything with 12 touches. The only thing I would, uh, I would question is that at halftime, we make a change. We bring on Ben Bender, which begs the question, why didn't you just start with that? Why didn't you start with Spurs sure. up top, Bender in the middle? Uh, and I thought Bender had a pretty lively game. I, I tweeted that out. I, th- I, thought, he, I thought he did well. Uh, but why not start that? Was it because, you know, saving him, tired legs, you know, he's just coming back from an injury? I don't know. But he played 45 minutes. Not sure why he didn't start him. So. Uh, that that would be the only question I would have have there. Yeah, I um, that that is, I mean, it's easy for me to say Monday evening manager, right? To say, oh man, you should have done this instead, and you know, vice versa. It's always easier to say that, but you know, I, to me, heading into the on the road against Columbus, you've been on the road for three weeks now. You need points desperately because you're tied with Columbus before the, mm-hmm. this game. You know, yep. 21 points could have been a differentiating from going into the top percentile of the division versus dropping down to barely making the playoffs. Um, I would have rather had stuck with Bender because it was a known commodity. We know what we get with Bender and you know what you get with Carroll top versus this unknown of was well, Patrick going to be good? Is he going to show up? Is he going to, you know, have chances created for him? Is the team going to support him? You know, whatever it is, right? Um, you know, I, I get Ashley's quote there. It's the right thing to mm-hmm. say. It's a great teammate. It's why he's a captain. Um, you know, 
yeah the team the team does have to create chances for him and support him yeah and we've we've always said cross and pray has been um our motto that didn't happen in in the first half i mean wasn't able to get on the end of anything because there were no crosses coming into it well and that's yeah. that's the weird thing is that you would assume with patrick up top with his size mm-hmm. and being able to kind of like shoulder people and, you know, out muscle them from time to time, that that would be the time that you're going to cross and pray. But we didn't do it. We did do it one time, but it got called back from offsides. But, and it wasn't even to Patrick, it was to yeah. Justin. So that's right. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. But yeah, I, it's hopefully Patrick doesn't get in a rut and doesn't feel down too much on himself from this point. But hey, that's the professional athletes. They're going to have highs and lows. So hopefully he can, sure. t- can bounce back from this and, have a good game here in the future. For sure. Uh, let's talk about all the goals because they came fast <laughs> and early, unfortunately. Um, David, do you want to talk about the first one? Um, I don't really want to talk about it, <laughs> but but we can. Um, so, yeah, that was a little bit of an interesting giveaway there, right? It seems like... Um, Poor Bill Tuiloma is like, seems like he's getting the short end of the stick and always a part of these giveaways or own goals or yeah. et cetera this season, which, um, you know, if you look back at the beginning of the season, you're kind of like, man, that's unfortunate. Um, now, though, now it's a pattern, is it? Is it yeah. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> it, it, you don't know if it's just unfortunate yeah. or if it's a, you know, a pattern, like you said. So yeah. um, I, I don't know who he was passing it to. I don't know what he saw. It seemed like a pretty weak pass right across the middle, first four yep. or five minutes into the game. And mm-hmm. um, Harrison Awful tried to step in front of his man. Jan was caught off guard by it. I, I don't know who it was going to. Yeah. It just, I don't know. And then Kalina's, I don't know, uh, lack of commitment on what he was going to do, just sat there and um, let a goal go in the first five minutes, which is what you don't want to do when you're on the road. Yeah, the the pass was weak. The pass was nonchalant and sloppy and and silly. Kalina was out pretty far and committed. Um, Maybe could have done a little better. We'll talk about him in a little bit later in the show. But uh, yeah, that's not how you want to start the game. I talked about Bill last episode. I feel bad for the guy. But at this point, you got to sit down. Yeah, take a seat. Uh, we have Melanda, who was held out, had a little strain. Uh, shouldn't be anything major. He should be back. We have, luckily, uh, Guzman is back. So that's that's got to be your starting center back, back pair. You have Jan, Bill, take a seat. You're going to sit there for a while. <laughs> if, if, it, if it were me, uh, you just can't make that many mistakes so often. Um, you know, players are human they're going to make mistakes but it is definitely a pattern and at some point you just you can't be out there uh i was that, i was furious at him this game that's got to be a hard pill to swallow a little bit because i and i know we've you know we traded for bill very earlier in the off season uh, right before the season mm-hmm. started right and it was obviously a i don't want to say a desperation move but it was a move that we needed to do right you had guzman who was out for an extended period of time. Anton walks tragically passed away. Yeah. Your starting center backs were Jan Sobaczynski and Melanda with Derek Jones as your potential yeah. starter backup. And you can't go into the season with just those three, right? So yeah. I get why we made the move. 
on paper, very experienced, tenured player, been with mm -hmm. Portland for quite a while. If you look at the cap hit or the salary hit, I mean, he's making 400000 500000 around that part from a salary perspective. So it's not like he's a lower tier salary player on the roster, which, you know, definitely hurts a little bit because you could have used that money somewhere else, like in the midfield or somewhere. You know what I mean? So, True. Um, I mean, you know, it, it, we, it sucks. We had to make that signing. And, and look, it's, that's got to be tough for Bill to, he's basically Anton's replacement, right? So yeah. you're coming into a, a team replacing a, a fallen teammate. That's difficult, but he is a professional. Sure. He was, I was excited about the signing. He's just not played well this season. And actually he's played rather horrible because not only was he at fault for the first one, I thought he was at fault for, or partially at fault for two more. So let's talk about the the second goal real quick. And I, I've I've got some I've got some notes because I went back and watched this. You poor poor soul. <laughs> yeah. So if you go back and watch the second goal, Bill just loses loses his man. He should be guarding, covering Ramirez, right? But instead he drifts out wide where Byrne has his man and Bill leaves Ramirez alone. Ramirez receives the ball and has plenty of time to dribble and then like swings it out wide to uh, uh, Arston. Uh, and then Awful and Jan both slide back and both guard Hernandez. Awful is not watching in behind him because he's pinched in. And then Ar uh, Arston like does a simple step over to be Awful and we're down two to nothing within 20 minutes. And it's absolutely maddening. But watch, go back and watch Bill on that play. It, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I, 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 Bill could be at fault with that. I, I also, I know Harrison Awful's been with the, in the, league for a very long time you cannot let your man dribble like that and not force him out uh in the box that close i mean and yeah. the thing is like it it was like reminisce i even said it when i was watching it with the southbound and crown folks um here in columbia i was like that's what that's what vargas tries to do every game except this guy did it he, to the t <laughs> well harrison awful tries to show show him back on his right foot but it's sure. a simple step he just gets beat like it's just our one-on-one -on -one defending has not been great. Our positional awareness it has not been great. Uh, but to give up the first goal like we did, and then you just don't guard a man, you go over to where Byrne is. Byrne has his guy. Even if, even if Byrne gets beat, you Bill can't get over there to cover in time, so why are you even... It's like it's like watching little kids play where they just gravitate to the ball, and that's what it looked like. He just was going that way, and then just it leaves. Looked like, his it looked guy. like cuddle ball. <laughs> yeah, it's just absolutely maddening. Um, so yeah, we're down two to nothing within twenty minutes. Uh, and and there's something else with that goal too. We have this horrible tendency to backpedal our defenders backpedal into the six yard box. And that happened multiple times in this game. And it happened uh, with this too, just backpedaling, just allowing uh, opponents to come forward. But uh, yeah, not the way you want to start the game. It was just horrible. 
wasn't it wasn't long after that that we at least showed some fight and flash with a potential goal by mm-hmm. Justin Merrim um, that was unfortunately called back. Was that was that after the second goal or was that after yep. the third goal? No, it was okay, uh, like the second after goal. the after the second goal. We had a couple chance, chances. Um, yeah, uh, Swiderski had a shot at the back post that maybe he could have should have buried, but it was a really good block uh, by the. Uh, the crew defenders, but um, he had a chance there, and then Merrim was just a fraction off. So so close. Yep. So so close. Yeah. And it was a beautiful ball by Vargas. Like I think actually that was one of the few times Patrick did have the ball. Patrick had it, passed it back to Vargas, I believe, and then Vargas is able to cross it across. Uh, you know, with that swinging pass. Yep. And you know, that's what we were kind of expecting with Patrick and you know Justin taller guys there in the box. It was just a hair off of off or offside so you know at least they showed some fight and then um then it got worse yeah. <laughs> and they let a third goal in so uh, matt what did you see from that third goal unfortunately well there's a little bit of our defense is horrible and or columbus have players that can make things happen which is also frustrating because i wish we would have players like that and 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 do some of the things that uh, columbus can do so on the third goal, Jan, uh, before the goal, before the shot and everything, or, or for the pass um, from uh, Zellerion, you know, Jan stabs and misses. Brant stabs and misses. So Cucho Hernandez is able to run free, freely through the middle after giving up the ball to Zellerion. He makes this great run through the middle, and Zellerion, who's a, a fantastic playmaker, which that's what we need, able to just chip this ball right over our her whole entire defense. Kalina, um, I don't know what the hell he's doing, comes out half-assed. Just I, at, at that point, I wouldn't care if he just bulldozed. I, I If you, you want to give a penalty, fine. I'm just this half-ass coming out. It just drives me nuts. But a hell of a play by the by the crew, like great pass. Amazing finish, uh, and it just makes me mad because one, our defense sucks, and two, like, it'd be really nice to have that quality uh, of playmaking and players running off the ball because that's what happened. You know, Cucho yep. gives the ball up and then makes a great run through the middle, and then you have a playmaker that has the awareness to pick that out and chip that ball over like that. So, uh, beautiful goal. Uh, it just pisses me off, though. <laughs> yeah, it's disappointing because I, I even – I'm going to do a quick plug for our Saturday morning thing that we did with the soccer and coffee show that we did. Yeah. Um, we even said, like, unfortunately, I feel like this game could be a high scoring game because of our defense. Right. And Columbus was also missing some defensive starters. Right. Yeah. And I know Corey tried to speak it into existence with us winning three to one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the uh, the positive energy went the wrong way a little bit there, Corey. So that's right. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really bad first half, man. Mm. Really bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, not much to say else against about the first half. We can get into the to the second half now. Um, the only change, I believe, was Bender, right? Bender for uh, Patrick, I believe. Um, and then we got a little bit of uh, fortune back. So Westwood gets the ball. Not necessarily where he would typically be, um, more towards like midfield out kind of wide and plays a fantastic ball to Swiderski, who takes this down 
beautifully. And it's able with his right foot to meg the goalkeeper and pull one back to three to one. It was nice to see Westwood make this pass, to pick his head up and pick out a player. And I think we need a little more of that. It's funny, last episode we were talking about how we've been promised this thing from the videos that Charlotte FC put out, this video from Westwood to Capetti, and they, you know, they spliced this video together. Uh, we need to see more of that. Um, but it, but again, and I, and I think Westwood has made an assist like that before. I think there was one to Capetti that was similar in the space. But uh, we need to see more of that. We need to see Westwood picking his head up and, and picking out, you know, whether it be Capetti, Swiderski, Patrick, doesn't matter. Uh, but it was nice. It was a nice goal. Yeah, that was like you, you touched on a little bit of that's what we kind of expected from Westwood a little bit. But I I, I know we're, we're playing Westwood as like this eight kind of box to box midfield. I just I still don't think that's the best fit for him. Um, we don't have here. anybody else. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I, we, we don't have anybody else in that in that per, in that space, I guess. But like, I don't know. I just don't feel like that's a strong suit. And I think that the fact that we're what? 17 games or 17 weeks in whatever it is and that's mm-hmm. the first time you've seen that i, I don't know uh and not no criticism to, to ashley westwood no criticism to enzo or carol or anything like that it was a beautiful ball beautiful play i just wish we saw it more um but well, here we are well we, you know? well we there's a couple things one our players are not picking their heads up and making forward passes it's it's backward sideways small short passes Right, and then two, a player has to make make a run, but a lot of times our players are making runs and they're not getting the ball, and that's frustrating. I, you know, I, I know Capetti gets frustrated by that, um, but you got to try to make things happen, and it could be, you know, it could have been a little bit of desperation, just get the ball up the field. Sometimes you never know what's going to happen. We have, we have some quality, especially up top. Let your players try to make some plays, uh, and fortunately, it, it it came off that time. Um, and then the second goal. We get a little bit of luck. Columbus returns the favor with making a really, really ridiculous uh, pass across the, the middle of the field. Merrim is there, pounces on it, and then we are back into this thing, baby. Three to two, Merrim scoring on his old team again. I love it. It's a great, it was a great like five minutes of yeah. game right there, let me tell you. I was like, man, is this going to be... What we did in Bank of America Stadium yeah, man. last year, we're gonna yeah. come back, kind of piss them off, everything like that. Yeah. But then, I, yeah, I really, I really thought at that moment, I was like, okay, we've got the momentum, we can, we can tie this thing up. And I would have been good with a draw. I said that before the game. I, I think I said one-one. I would have been really nice and happy with it, with a point, especially being down three to nothing. But like you were gonna say, David, short-lived. Very, very short-lived. <laughs> yeah. And I think this, I don't know which goal makes me the most upset, but this one, this one might actually make me the most upset. So I got some notes here because I watched the Before game. you share yeah. the notes, I want to be yeah. on the record that the first goal made me more upset than this goal. This <laughs> one's up there, but the first goal made me more upset than anything else. Well, I okay. So I, I think this one upsets me more because the first one is just, Silly, you know, silly pass. 
this one is just the epitome of what's wrong with us. And I think us coming back and having momentum and then immediately doing something stupid is what makes me more frustrated. So if you go back and look at the fourth goal, Columbus has the ball on the sideline. Bender lets a, a player just kind of dribble past him. There's really, he doesn't put a tackle in, really doesn't close him down. Uh, ball gets played to Zellerion, who first times it. And no one's guarding him, by the way. Veronica should be there. He's not there. Zellerion makes a first time ball down the line. Awful, who's pinched in, is not wide to take that on. Jan is in kind of like no man's land out there guarding. He's not guarding anyone. So Jan gives chase. And what do Bill and Nathan Byrne do? Watch this play. They retreat all the way to the six-yard box. Again, dropping way back in. And instead of marking someone, what happens? Ramirez is able to receive the ball in, in, right in the middle. He's able to trap it, set it up for himself, and then shoot. Why? Because you have two bonehead defenders who are not, not guarding anybody, not stepping out, literally drop all the way. They might as well have been in the goal with Kalina. And if I'm Kalina, I, I, when, I, when I first started playing soccer, I played goalkeeper. I would literally at times go out and push my defenders off like get out get get out of my way i can't see like you know you're screening me one and then you're just you're right on top of me like go card somebody and that's to me that's just basic soccer to see these two drop back to the six yard box like that i like i threw my phone i just i cannot stand it and it it, it looked like two just clueless defenders and just hopeless so I, I was super mad. I tweeted out, I was like, both of these guys can sit the bench the rest of the rest of the year. I sure as hell don't know why Jalen Lindsay was not playing anyway. I'm kind of getting over that. Like I, I don't get it. So yeah, I think this one probably made me the most upset just because of just how dumb, just how dumb of defending it was. Just yeah, go back, go back and look at it if you if you have a chance. It's it's just really piss poor do you do you think that's coaching or do you think that's players just not being present like what do you what do you think that is i think it's being scared i think it is not having conviction that's why i like guzman Caruo. if he's going to make a mistake he's going to make a mistake by over committing he's going to come at you he's going to close you down if you look at crown legacy when they defend they have conviction they will come at you and they will close you down. There's none of this pussy ass. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit off of you. Jan, Jan does that, and Jan's done that in Crown Legacy. That's the one knock on him that I don't like. He backpedals and he's soft. I want my defenders up on somebody. I want them defending. If you're gonna foul somebody, fine. But like, I, I took a screenshot. They're literally standing on the six-yard box, and the two players are way in front of them, and they dropped off of it. It makes it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely disappointing to see that. And 
I do agree with you that it, it, I don't know if it's, I mean, scared, mental, whatever it is. I mean, we are like the league's worst defense. Um, yeah. And it, it, players, players know that. Yeah. They see it, they know it, they feel it. And if that, if you know that you're going to potentially let in a lot of goals, you're going to play a little bit more passive and it's, it tends to bite you in the ass a little bit yeah, more we, so. Well, I, I've seen some debate about tactics and I've said it, I don't know, for 10 episodes now that I've been on. It's like, I don't like Latanzio's tactics about the right, right back pinching in and then our center defensive mid dropping back to the back line. And you can you could say, oh, well, it works at Man City. We're not Man City. Even Latanzio uh, with his stupid quote, we're not Real Madrid. We're, we're shit. Not Real Madrid. You, you don't have the player. You are not Real Madrid. You are not Man City. You do not have the personnel. You do not have the world-class players to pull that off. And that's not a knock. Just let your players go out there and play the positions that they're supposed to. Give them some freedom. Don't make it so rigid, but don't put them in a position to have to do extra things. Like we're we were we're like a depleted squad, right? Like just let your guys go out there and play, right? And then you know there's arguments about it, like oh it could work, it could do this and this. I will throw out a number, and it, the number is thirty. That's how many goals we have given up, and it's the most in MLS. So I don't care. What your argument is for the formation. I don't care what your argument is for pinching in, not pinching in. All I can tell you is that it doesn't work with this team, with this personnel. So our coach has to be smart enough to say, hey, I want to implement this, but it's not working clearly because we've given up the most goals in MLS. So maybe I shouldn't do that now. Maybe I shouldn't put, maybe I shouldn't put Brandt at left back. Maybe Derek Jones needs to stop dropping back. At center back. Maybe we shouldn't start him at center back. Maybe we should start Jalen Lindsay. Do something different because what you're doing has allowed the most goals in the whole entire league, which is an embarrassment. So sorry, I'm on my soapbox. We can make I'll this <laughs> we can make this a little lighter episode <laughs> in a little bit. There's just this combination of our players not living up to the potential and also our coach putting them in undo situations and just doing them a disservice subs have been horrible the timing of subs have been horrible and these tactics do not work i don't care what argument you have my number is 30 so you tell me yeah it's um and not to go down the whole tactic talk because i'm sure people aren't tuning in to be like dissect the tactics especially as you and me are sitting here doing a podcast and not coaching an mls but hey I, 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 mean, I, I will i will talk about it all day long because again the number is 30 so i'm, yeah. I'm gonna talk about the tactics because i think the tactics are, are shit. so so on that note just from a tactic perspective because you, you mentioned something we've done a lot of lately Derek jones brand bronico whatever it is center back or center defensive mid does drop into almost like a fifth center back or a fifth defender kind of like a, a third center back right We've had a lot of opportunity with our midfield this year. We tend to not create much. We do. We tend to try to play out of our wings, mm-hmm. just cross and pray, whatever it is. Um, them dropping back like that has got to open up the midfield a ton, right? Like it's got to open up a lot of free space. You're relying on Ashley Westwood to cover a lot of ground, who like is not the fastest guy out there, right? 
And now here we are in these situations where we're trying to transition and our center defensive mid is dropped back to our defensive line. And you've got Ashley Westwood and whoever else, Carol Swiderski, uh, you know, Ben Bender, whoever it is as your midfielders, basically. Yeah. And, and to me, that's easy to defend because now we're down a player because how this is supposed to work is you're supposed to be able to come out of transition right after you dropped in and then you move back. But we, our players are not moving well. They're not able to receive the ball and we're slow. We're slow in transition. We hold on to the ball too long or we make, we're, we're just not aggressive. We like, we'll look up, we'll see a player making a play, but like, I don't know. And then we pass it sideways and make the, the easy, the easy choice to have possession. Um, how do you, let me ask you this real quick. How do you think Brant Bronico played? I know, I know you love Brant. I love Brant, but how do you think, I, how yeah. do you think Brant played? It was not his best game. I think, I think if you look at statistically, uh, I think foot mob, this was his third or fourth lowest rated game this season. Okay. And if you look at those lowest rated games, those lowest rated games are some of the games where he played left back. Do you, so if do that you know what his passing back, rating was? I do not. I'll he was like 32 for 33. You know what that tells me, though? Sideways it's bullshit passes. Bullshit short passes sideways and everything. And that, that's, I think that right there tells me a lot of what I need to know is that if you look at that stat, like, holy shit, that's, that's an amazing stat. He, he, you know, only one pass went astray. But, you know, he's dropping back into the back line. Because it, actually, Westwood's going forward. Because Derek Johnson wasn't on the field. Like, Brent Brock. But is it, just, just to play devil's advocate, though, isn't that some of the things that people have been praising for Derek Jones this season is some of his passing completions and, like, being able to make good passes, but then it's the same position and same style of play that right. it's being expected to play, right? So yeah. is it really that big of a drop-off between Derek Jones and Brent Bronico? in terms of midfield production between the two. Yeah, because we're talking about tactics, right? And the tactics is both whoever's in that role is going to drop back in and we're going to dick around the ball back. I say that a lot. And it doesn't get us anywhere. And so I just want us to, to play a little more freely. I want us to, if we're going to lose, let's 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 have some fun. Let's have some fun with it, right? Let's, let's press. We already let in four goals and we were trying to defend. Might as well just get, you know, do TST 7v7 style soccer. Just go all out and just try yeah. to score some goals. Yeah, I mean, at this point, if you're if you're going to play like this and give up this man, play your kids. Play, play, bring up some more legacy, folks. I mean, this is ridiculous. 30 letting in 30 goals is just absurd. That's we are almost at two goals a game conceding. I, I, I actually I think we're like 1.77 or 78. I and mean, that's horrible. So whatever we're doing, like I, like I said, I just keep throwing out 30. And like I, I whatever you want to say this person does or that person does, whatever we're doing does not work. So um, yeah, I hate to be really negative, but I, you know, just I, even when, you know, even during like the LA game, even when we are winning, I still don't like some of the stuff that we're doing. And we've got to switch up because we're just allowing too many goals in so so what do you do in that locker room after this game now so like you know you walk away four to two <laughs> you at least showed some fight at the start of the second half showed some chances early in the first half 
So is it all doom and gloom or what do you do differently now heading into Seattle this week? No, it's not all doom, doom and gloom. I mean, there is still something to be said about the the team missing folks. There is something to be said about playing three back-to-back-to-back road games all the way out L.A. and then Philly and then Columbus. And Philadelphia is an amazing team. Columbus is a really strong team. So it's not doom and gloom. It is really you got to look at your defense and, and again, maybe you don't pinch in, maybe, maybe you just let you line your guys up naturally and let them play. Um, maybe you bench bill and hopefully, uh, Carujo is good to go. And him and Melanda can be our starting center backs, Jalen Lindsay at right back and then awful at left back or Mora. Uh, again, Mora has been kind of MIA. He's your natural left back. Um, and he's strong defensively. And that's the other thing. Moore is really strong defensively and he's not playing because we want to play a 36-year-old or move over Nathan Byrne who weighs 50 pounds and gets blown over by the wind. I'm really bitter about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry you guys. Need, I'm, so you know what you know what's gonna fix this is we need to be able to take you to the game and have three points this weekend. Cause I think that's what uh <laughs> That or you need to take a road trip with Chico just since yeah. I saw you take a sip of his beer uh, <laughs> to, just right. to help help you out of this a little That's bit. That's right. Yeah, I am drinking his uh, the new serum, uh, Lamerte Lager. And new serum is a uh, brewery in Salisbury. It's very tasty. I like to drink these at the tailgate. But yeah, you know, I didn't want this to be a negative Nancy episode, but yeah, just just frustrating. Um, and it's just a consistent thing. So I think this game really highlighted our deficiencies on, on defense. So hopefully we can uh, wrap that up. But next topic, though, doesn't get all that better. So I want to talk about goalkeepers for a second, David. Now I think is a great time to bring this up because Marks and Kalina have both played seven games apiece. So I want to kind of give you a comparison, if you'll let me, David. Please enlighten us, Swift. Yeah. Let if, me... if, if it's going to go the way I think it's going to go. But if it's going to go the way I don't think, then I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> All right. How do you think this is going to go for one? <laughs> so I, I, in the back of my head, if, if you're going to bring this up, I wonder what Kalina's save percentage is with a team that has been a little bit more consistent and sound defensively than George Marks, who had players like Brant Bronico playing left back and mm. Derek Jones playing center back um, in front of him. So curious from that perspective, because I know our biggest gripe with Kalina, it's not so much some of the, the, the shot saving. It is his distribution because I know you and me were texting during the game. I think anytime that he gets the ball to pass, it just ball goes to no man's land. It's just, it, it's a dead ball. You might as well just give it to, to the opposing team and let them have a free kick because it's, it's going nowhere, but over to you, sir, please enlighten us on this uh, goalkeeper statistics here. And of course, as I'm trying to bring this up, it's like slow to load. I had it already set and ready to go. So, so it, between the two, as this loads, and it's taking forever, 
who would you think has been the better goalkeeper? Hmm. If you're if you're looking solely at goalkeeper statistics, not win or loss or draws, if you're looking at just basically save percentages, um, distribution passes, etc., I'm gonna venture and say George Marks has had a better save percentage than Christian Kalina. So David, I've got this pulled up now. So <laughs> let's go, man. Both have played seven games. Okay. Same amount of minutes, of course. Goals against, Queena has one less with 11. Marks has 12. Queena mm-hmm. has 16 saves. Marks has 30. Wow. So almost double. Hmm. And if you look at save percentage, Kalina is at 59.3. I was going to say, that means Kalina's save percentage has got to be pretty terrible if he's had half as many shots, but has led into just as many goals, right? Yep. So 59.3 is his save percentage. Marks is 71.4. And then this is the one, too, that I really want to look at because I think Kalina is a horrible passer. So accurate pass percentage, Clean is at 66%. Marks is at 74. Hold on. You said 66%? Yep. That is that cannot be true because I know we watch every game and it's like that's every short ball that's is... short passes that's short okay. passes everything else but here's the here's the here's the good one long okay. ball percentage are you ready oh, and so like so 10%. let me let me go back so passing percentage sixty six percent marks is at seventy four long ball percentage clean is at thirty seven point seven so bad marks is at forty six point seven so. Both have had one clean sheet, which is sad. But and then, so you said they both played seven matches, right? Mm -hmm. So I would be venture to challenge that Charlotte FC had a tougher schedule for when George Marks was in goal than when Christian Kalina has been in goal. I have no statistics to back up. (laughs) That is just my gut feeling. Um, But I'm I'm pulling it up as we speak just to say that. But like I mentioned earlier, like. George Marks was in goal when we had like Jan still with crown legacy. We had Derek Jones as our backup center back. Mm-hmm. And you had, you know, Nathan Byrne playing center back and Brant Bronico playing left back. Um, and it still only let in just one goal during that time frame, Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at, all right, so I've got, I've got it pulled up here. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, obviously Pablo started a few games, Mm-hmm. Here and there, he started against St. Louis. He started against New England for us, right? Yeah. Um, but then, if you're looking at how it went moving forward, right? Um, I mean, geez, man, some of these I don't want to look back at some of these games. These are pretty, <laughs> pretty rough that I don't want to relive. But I mean, yeah, it's I don't know, man. This is so uh, I'm you know people love cleanup. I want to root for him. I was excited for him to come back. I just thought this game too, he let in some pretty soft ones. I I have never, even last year, really liked his uh, distribution. Um, and so I'll let the stats speak for themselves. Of course, you do have to factor in different games, different opponents, who was in the lineup, who was playing where. So just keep that in mind. But I thought that was I thought that was interesting because they have both played seven games now. 
and want to just take a look at it. And honestly, I, I guess I thought Kalina would be a little better off, but I was, I was mistaken. But I really want to I mean, look at the uh, the passing percentage because like, here here's George Mark's opponents, right? Atlanta, Orlando, New York Red Bulls, Toronto. Did he play for against Salt Lake or was that Kalina? I think that was his last game. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then, so Kalina's was Colorado, Columbus, D.C., New York City, or uh, Atlanta, Chicago, Nashville, L.A., Philly, and Columbus. Yeah. So, so I don't know. If, I mean, they're about the same, I guess, in terms of stretch of strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say anything too bad, so. Yeah, I mean, both have not been great. Uh, yeah, it was just, you know, I guess... The crew, I, I thought, yeah, Kalina, especially on the one, probably could have done a little better. But it is what it is. So, David, let's transition to Saturday. Finally, we're back at the bank. <laughs> but we are playing Seattle. Seattle is 8, 3, and 6. Seattle started strong. But they've been all over the place the past couple of games. So since May, they've only won twice, they've tied twice, and they've lost five in all competitions. However, <laughs> Seattle's defense is very, very tough. They have nine games where they've given up zero goals. Um, Yikes. Yeah. They have only given up 14 goals. That's tied with St. Louis. Only Nashville has given up less in all of MLS. Technically, LAFC has given up, um, I think, only but like 10. Only like 12 games. Yeah, they've, so. played, they've only played 12 games, and Seattle's played 17. Um, so that's five more regular season games um, than LAFC. So it's not going to be easy. Seattle's going to come out. Probably in their four-two-three-one, the middle's going to be clogged, um, which I'm a little worried about. So, for me, for us on defense, we got to make sure their striker stays isolated. I do not want us to pinch in. I want us to spread out, and I want to spread Seattle out. I don't know yet. Enzo Capetti and Yozwiak did not train today. I'll know more. This will come out Tuesday. I'll know more Wednesday. Usually Wednesday practices and Friday practices are the ones that you can really tell who's going to be ready. Um, but as far as I know, I don't know if we're going to have Capetti or Yozwiak. But I would like to see us use our wings in this game, use our speed. I don't mind our left and right backs overlapping. I just don't want to do any weird pinching in, moving our center defensive mid back to the back line, any of that nonsense. Just straight up play. we really got to be physical. Uh, it's going to be hard to break Seattle down, but I, I think our speed can do that. So um, That's a little, I don't want to say disappointing, but also alarming that Camille is still potentially out because I feel like he's been week to week now for almost two weeks. Yeah. And, uh, 
I know those muscle strains, whatever it is, could be difficult to measure, but mm. I feel like I don't, I wish there was a way we could measure. I guess we could manually do it. We can just call our friend Von Pullman to be like, how many games have DPs missed for Charlotte FC this year mm. versus the, some other teams? But injuries are part of the game. You got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good point. I know Swiderski's played a lot of minutes this year, but yeah, Copetti and then Uzwiak, Uzwiak's been out twice. So, um, yeah, our whole squad has been getting injured. So, need to look at that strength and strength training coach and conditioning coach and see what's up there. Um, hopefully, I blame I blame the turf. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, I was looking at some stats for Seattle. An interesting stat jumped out at me. Just total passes that they have, they lead the league in total passes by almost like almost seven hundred more passes than the, than Columbus, by the way, who's number two. Uh, passing percentage, they're really great on like eighty three percent, and then accurate forward zone passes, they lead the league in that. So. That means it's a recipe for success to go up against Charlotte FC right now. Let me tell you, if you're super successful of passing, passing forward, um, you, you might have some good luck against us in the midfield and the defensive side. But, I mean, I, honestly, with, uh, you know, Seattle's form has been all over the place. Um, I, I feel op- optimistic about this. We don't have a midweek game. We have some players that are coming back. I like our chances, honestly. And this is going to be tough. This is a tough home game, um, and it's one that we we desperately need to win. It's a Western Conference opponent, and we've got to keep pace with the teams in front of us and need to put some space teams behind us. I think, uh, was it Montreal's like right behind us? I, I think they've played one less game, I think. Um, so this is going to be huge. The game against Montreal is going to be huge. So it's time to bank some points, no pun intended, at the bank. Look at you, sir. Look at you doing your little pun there. <laughs> it's almost like I should go take my Sir Minty chain that's back behind me here uh, mm-hmm. and go deposit that in the bank for us to get some extra points here. Yeah, we we need some good luck. So whatever you've got this weekend, whatever lucky charms, whatever jerseys you haven't washed, <laughs> like bring them out. We need some good vibes. We need some good luck and turn some things around. This was a tough road trip against some tough opponents. We're down some players. We haven't been playing all that great, but it, it's, a, it's time to, to turn this around right at the midway point. Of the season. Yep, no excuses now. You gotta, gotta do it. Yeah. So, David, do you wanna answer some fan questions? Let's do it, man. I feel like it's been forever since I've done this, so let's do it. All right. All right, and welcome back. We are here with the always favorite fan questions, fan QAs. So, Swift, are you ready, buddy? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. So, this first one comes from CLT Sports Fanatic. 
So why do we still play Bronico a full 90 minutes? Um, it hurts me in my soul a little bit just to ask that question. Um, is is awful minutes uh, due to a lack of trust in Lindsay or poor roster building? And do you think we should switch to a four four two? And would that be a better fit? Ooh, so three different questions there. Let me let me address the first one. Why do we still play Bronico full ninety? Bronico's work rate is tremendous. Bronico stays healthy, so that helps. Yeah, everybody else around him is injured, so he gets to stay out there because he's you know fit. And, and healthy. Um, I think ideally what you would want is to probably bring him on to close out games or maybe start a match and keep it close, you know, keep us, keep us in the game and then sub out. Um, that's not a knock on him. He's just a workhorse. You know, he's going to put in tackles. He's going to get yellow cards. But the reason why he keeps playing is one injuries and he works really well and he doesn't get injured himself. And I, I think that the coach trusts him. I mean, he asked him to play left back and he did. And I think no matter what position you tell him to go play, he's going to play it. And he, he works hard. Some people don't like him. Some people think he's not MLS level or, or whatever you want to say. But I mean, at least the coach thinks he is. and. And, and Miguel did too. Miguel Ramirez really liked Bronico uh, and started him and played him every single minute. So the, you got two coaches now that, that think he should be out there for 90 minutes. I, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying you have two coaches that have done that now. I'm going to, I'm going to be my, you know, Bronico uh, fan club here. Do it. You know, you have your Swifties out there. I have my Bronicos, whatever it is. Uh, I'm gonna say. Wait a minute, Swifties like Taylor Swift? Not, not. Yeah, not my fan yeah. club. I don't have. No, no, no. you don't. No, <laughs> you don't have Swifties. So, no, <laughs> um, no. I, I, I'm, I would. I, I'm always gonna say I want Brand to start just because he's my guy. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I get it though. I, I get why people ask the question because you know, perfect world, man. Man, I wish I had the best player in every position ever possible too. But mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. So it, it's what's continue on those same questions, right? So do you yeah. think we should switch to a four four two? And do you think awful starting more is because of a lack of trust in Lindsay or what? I'm not sure why Lindsay's not starting. I don't think awful should be playing and starting as many minutes as he has been. I, again, you know, I look at the bench, you have Joseph Moore. I know he was hurt for a little bit, but he's back. He's a natural left back. You have a natural right back in Jalen Lindsay, who's younger, who I think plays really well. Uh, so I'm kind of baffled. I don't know. I don't think it's poor roster building um, because I think Awful brings you some experience and uh, he's a veteran, but he should be filling in. He should be subbing in. He shouldn't be starting and playing every single minute. And as far as the 4-4-2, I'm okay with 4-3-3, um, but I'm up for a, a change because like I said, what we've done really hasn't hasn't worked. So, yeah, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta figure it out. Five, three, two, three, five, two, or whatever, right? Four, four, two, do whatever. Yeah. Well, and a lot of those formations are fluid, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like we've been playing pretty much a three, five, two anyways, with the way we've been pinching in our left and right backs and all that stuff anyways, but yeah. it is what it is. So, um, so, 
Thanks for the question. So Swift, this next one comes from Andrew. So the back line has been a liability all season from being caught out of position, leaving the other team's attacks uh, with, uh, with too much space to operate to terrible passes that just lead the turnovers and easy transitional goals. Mm-hmm. How can all of that be improved without, so I'm going to add to his, add to his question without just replacing every player. How do you fix it with <laughs> what we got? Um, just like, like I was saying earlier, don't introduce some weird tactic. Just let your players play their natural positions. And the players have to play with some type of confidence and an eagerness to get forward. And don't worry about making a mistake. Like I said, I, I think we play scared a lot of times and we're just so hesitant on the ball. You know, I talked last episode about Derek Jones. I'm like, I wish he would just get rid of the ball just one touch sooner. And I think there's this like hesitation or indecisiveness with this team. And they're not confident. Just, you know, play free. Um, I think that would improve a, a, a lot of things. Um, but I'd like to see us line up with four in the back and then play that way. And don't get don't get fancy, especially when you are down players. Just go out there and, and do your do your job. So Swift Isaiah states, not really a question, but I'm tired of the quote Latanzio out remarks. So everyone was quiet when we went six to eight games and did really well with them. Where was the appreciation for Latanzio then? It isn't, they, they feel like this loss wasn't completely on Latanzio. They blame this loss more on the exhaustion and our quality of our back line. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause my comments for a second. So Swift, over to you first. Well, I, I, I think the, the folks that are critical of Latanzio, they, they are still upset and don't like what they're seeing, even when we're winning. Now, I haven't been Latanzio out per se. I just really don't like what I've seen. And I am one of those people that even, even in some of our wins, I'm still not liking some of the stuff in the, in the back line and everything like that. Um, I said in the Philly game, uh, that game just by itself, I think Latanzio's hands were tied. The subs didn't bother me all that much. Definitely on short rest. From going from LA to Philly, playing back to back like that, I can write that off. And we only lost one to nothing. This Columbus game is a different story. Giving up four, giving up four the way we did, and then on top of the tactics and stuff. So I can see why people, you know, want him gone. But like, I, I do think if you're going to be critical, you do need to give praise though. When things do go right, you can you can say, "Hey, Latanzio had a good game. Hey, he made a good sub." You could still maybe not want him to be the coach next year, but you should be able. If you're going to be critical, you should give praise and vice versa. Yeah. So I am. Um, I'm definitely not on the Latanzio out train, and no, I will, <clears throat> I will totally no. acknowledge that there has been some coaching opportunities, especially early on in the season, right? <laughs> So, you know, especially starting players like Brent Bronico at left back and, you know, Derek Jones at center back, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Totally acknowledge that. And I think he owned that. I think that's why you don't see that happening anymore. Um, I I disagree that this past game is on Latanzio because, frankly, the players have got to play better. 
Natandio sure. is not Bill Tuloma passing it five minutes in <laughs> directly to Columbus. Latanzio is not Harrison Awful just getting crossed over and allowing guys to drag into the box and let a, a goal cross in. Latanzio is not allowing um, Columbus to come in and volley a ball into the air over your goalkeeper who hesitated to um, do anything and, you know, go from there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, I agree that, you know, now if you look at what he adjusted in the second half, Hey, he made subs and he made changes to the tactics and you all of a sudden were back back into the game at three to two within the first 15 mm-hmm. minutes. Yep. And then again, a mental lapse in players made a difference in the game. And going back to what we said earlier, I, um, I, I don't know who else on the bench would have made that much of a difference defensively for us at that point in the game. Um, now, don't get me wrong. There's definitely opportunity. I don't like our fullbacks pinching in to the point where they become two sixes, two eights. We get transition play, et cetera. I get it. Mm-hmm. It's just part of what he obviously wants to scheme. Um, but, well, look, I, you know, go ahead. Let me, ask, ahead. let me ask you this, though. And I'm just being devil's after here. Why didn't you start Ben at the beginning? Why didn't Carujo sure. play at all? Now, he, he Carujo made a sub well, appearance yeah. at halftime. At halftime, you could have brought, I mean, if I'm a coach and I see, you because you're talking about individual performances, which I totally agree because the coach can't go out there and play himself. Right. Um, I do think he adds a little more stress because of the tactics, but I mean, yeah, he can't go out there and be a goalkeeper. He can't go out there and be a defender. But at halftime, when I see a player that's that's responsible for at least two of the goals in the first half, I might want to play Carujo. You got to yeah. give him minutes, and you want to stop the bleeding. Like he, he could have made that change. Yeah, he could have. He could have started Ben Bender. So there are some there's some choices that could be made, but sure. but it, but again, like it doesn't matter if. Latanzio puts puts on a, a master class of or if he has his whole entire squad available. If they're yeah. going out there and not playing well, it's not performing yeah. well, and making bonehead decisions, like the players have to do their part too. So there it's a little bit of both. It doesn't have to be either one, but there's definitely, definitely both there. So it just feels like there's this air of you, you it's either the coach or not the coach. And and it, it, there's there's yeah. there's a gray area. You can you can be both. You can criticize yeah. but also support. Um, sure. It's you know. That'll... Well, I mean, fan fans are fans. I mean, I, I guarantee someone listened to our segment about Kalina and Marx, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, you're an idiot because <laughs> you think Marx is better. Kalina's <laughs> way better." I mean, and that's you know, sure. and like and like we both like Bronico, you know, so we probably see more of the things he does well than things he doesn't do well, or someone else who. Absolutely cannot stand him. It's gonna be like, oh, look at that touch. Oh, look at look at him jogging. Oh, look at this. You know, so that's that's just part of being being yeah. a fan. Yeah. Um, I don't like the some of the disrespect that I have seen towards our coach. Um, but at the same time, I mean that it kind of comes with the territory. I, I did love him coming out of the the locker room, acknowledging the shirt, and just kind of like, yeah, okay. Like, wasn't a jerk about it. Saw it, kept going. Um, but yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for him to have a speech where it's 
Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. And that's I, I'm waiting for that. I love <laughs> I absolutely love that little clip, man. It's, I mean, it's, it's so true sometimes. Like that's just the way it is. And like MLS is such a I said this last episode, MLS is such a weird league that every other weekend you could win five to nothing and then you could lose five to nothing. And yeah. you'll beat a team that's number one in the league and you'll beat them five to nothing and you'll lose next week to the team that's in the last five to like it's just it's a crazy league. So um it's a roller coaster ride for for fans. And I definitely felt that on on Saturday after the Philly game. I was like, yeah, you know, like we're gonna get these players back and we just had a really good performance and I'm I'm okay. We're we're good. And then just to play the way we did just gets me back on this like Oh, we suck again, <laughs> like you know. So uh, it's tough to stay stay even in this league. You can't get t- too high and too low. You just got to be got to be even. So two things before we move on to the next question. I think that's the name of the episode. Is sometimes it'll be good, sometimes it'll be shit. But that's that's just me personally <laughs> speaking. The second thing sure. I'll say, and I'll I'll have to find the stat to post online on our social accounts. But it is really difficult to win on the road in MLS. I think mm-hmm. even Vaughn Pullman shared last year, like yeah. as long as you went on, on at home and then you win a few games here and there on the road, you'll get into the mm-hmm. playoffs, right? So right. that's that's the biggest thing is that we need to capitalize on the games at home for the remainder of the season and yep. then pull a win on the road here and there. So who cares? Yeah, you got at this point, you got yeah, we, you we've won more games away this year than we have last year, but you, yeah, you get, we got to win a couple more because we yep. here's the thing. We've lost a couple of home, so you got to get those back. So. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So let's move on to this next question. And by the way, thanks, Isaiah. I uh, appreciate the you get my back there. So um, <laughs> so this next question comes from uh, good old Rusty Varner. So um, so if we had to improve only one uh, position this summer in the summer window, because that's coming up here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you focus on goalkeeper, center back, left back or right back? Uh, and which should the team focus on? Oh, so I, I think we answered this question a couple episodes ago, I, I I said left back and then uh, a number ten playmaker. But if you're giving me just the options of goalkeeper, center back, or left or right back, uh, I would have to say, shoot. <laughs> well, we do have Carujo and Milanda back, and you have Jan and Bill, and you do have Bill. <laughs> as much as I'm upset at him, you have Neely that could possibly step up. I would say you need to figure out your left back situation. I agree. Um, because it can't be burn and it can't be awful going forward. And if more is not going to play, get a left back. Yep. Yep. So I, I, I agree. If, that, if, that, if that's the only option is to be able to fill uh, left back, would be the one you have to focus on. Um, yeah. So uh, this next question comes from Joe Garcia. So your choice. Um, so if you think about this, right, do you think it is possible that Latanzi will ever learn from his failures or should Tuoluma ever start again? Oh, I don't think Bill should start anytime soon. Do I think Latanzio will ever learn? I, I think so. I think Latanzio has actually shown that he can progress and move and see things and change. I, I, I'm hoping that, you know, some of these tactics he will move on from. Um, I think he can. And, and prove. I mean, he's been an assistant for for quite a while, and this is really his kind of first go as, as a 
as a head coach. So yeah, I think he has a lot that he can improve on and learn. Nice. Yeah. So this next question comes from uh, David Kelly. So uh, Nathan Byrne has seemed to either regress this year versus last, although he's been getting better. Uh, Do you think that the fullback problems from last year made Byrne look better than he was? Or was there a true regression potentially from the way that he's playing this year versus last? Yeah, good question. I, I think there's some definitely regression. Um, I, I'm trying not to be too negative here, but like, I think he's not as fast. He's not. A, he's not a tall guy, and he's he's rather small. Uh, I I know. That's different than being a center back and tall and, and you know, bigger. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like he has regressed. Uh, just, there's been maybe three or four games where I thought he's played pretty good. But, yeah, I just haven't been happy with him this season. Awesome. So you ready for some fun questions here, Swift? Let's do it. Awesome, man. So, um, so Eric Hill asks, so Charlotte FC is recruiting a new high-profile international player for the summer window. Players never been to the states, so you have been choosing to curate a two-week summer vacation itinerary that will make or break the deal. What would you make sure this player sees or does? So are we saying that I have to put? I can just go anywhere in the summer. So I would say North Carolina or South Carolina, because that's where they're going to be living. So what, what are some okay. things? Let's make it more local. So what are some things that they okay. have to do here for uh, the, the draw them in to be like, I've got to sign with Charlotte FC? Yeah, I mean, you got to take them up to the mountains and you got to take them to the beach, show them that, you know, the state has both, right? And both are, are very beautiful. Yeah, you got to, you know, take them to Carowinds, take them to the zoo. What else is there? Um Maybe you take him to Matt Swift's, you know, beehive in the backyard. T- take check him, that out. Uh, check out the bees, maybe rent a car and go out, you know, drive around the parkway a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. top down. I don't know. Yeah. I think the White Water Center would be a good choice to kind of take him to. Yeah. Um, if you're doing both Carolinas, take him to Charleston. Um, there you go. Yeah, I was just down in Charleston. So, yeah, yeah I could take him. I could take him treasure hunting. Yeah, yeah. Then you would really seal the deal when you'd be like, "I just found this gem. We found it. We found it." Where else can you so, do that? <laughs> so I think that I think that's a good good question to kind of think through, and it makes you <laughs> also realize some of the fun things we can do outside of soccer here. So, yeah. uh, so this next one comes from Roy. Uh, so Roy always <laughs> asks some really good questions. Um, has, has also made themes for our episodes in the past, just based off his question alone. So, um, so his question is. Would you rather have the power to control the weather within a one mile radius of where you are, you are at any moment or clap your hands in three hot, fresh tacos made to your choice or made, made to your taste appear on your plate before you. So um, what would you rather do? Be able to control the weather within a mile radius of you or would you rather have three fresh hot tacos to clap your hands? I don't see much good in just creating weather within like a mile radius. If it was like 10 mile or, you know, like, especially on, you know, weather delays, weather games day. and stuff like that. Like a mile is not good enough for that. It would be kind of cool where it's like just around you. It's never raining, but like everywhere else, it's like pouring down rain. So everywhere you walk, is just 
It's like sunshine? the anti Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, right? You're, you're yeah. walking around with sunshine versus a rainy cloud. <laughs> but I tacos are like my favorite thing. We had tacos tonight for dinner. So I think I'm going to go with tacos. I yeah. think that's going to be my answer. I'm going to go with tacos as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because, man, like if I could just make it how I want, like if I could have the taco guy from the tailgate, if I can set my fingers, be oh, like, there's yeah. some some beef or some pork there, carnitas. Man, like now I'm getting hungry again, even though I just had salad for dinner. So uh, it sounds really good, actually. But so just uh, just off topic, Swift. So like, how do you like your tacos? You like street style and you like kind of like American style tacos? Like, what do you mm. what do you what do you want? What do you like? I think street street style. I will basically take any taco you can give me. I just love it. Um, we make different ones here. I'm really big on peppers. I love peppers on them. So nice. Yeah, onions, peppers. Yeah, yeah. I, I like them really simple. I like you know a little bit of uh, onion, the peppers possibly right, um, beef, pork carnitas whatever it is i'm not oh. picky uh, but i like corn tortillas more than anything else i don't mm. really like flour tortillas so corn tortillas are my favorite yeah. so i think that's kind of where i land too yeah awesome man um so that is it for questions tonight so swift yeah. um what do you think from a score prediction wise let's go on the record here for the game this weekend against seattle what do you think the score is going to be i think two to one Charlotte FC. Hmm. I think we actually score two first and then we do this stupid thing where we bunker in and they score one late. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> but I think it's two one. So I'm going to, I'm going to channel Corey Insko here. I'm going to, I'm going to speak positivity into existence. I want to see those big ass flags waving a lot on Saturday. Um, I'm going to say Charlotte wins three to one. I have no real basis on that. I'm just going to speak it into existence. And if it happens, I'm going to be super excited. So, so it's kind of weird. I don't know if you actually listened to the last episode, David, but that's literally what oh, yeah. Corey said. I know. And it didn't happen. <laughs> well, so you just I'm, jinxed this. Well, that was Corey saying it and not me. Uh, so, okay. You know, we'll, we'll, see. We'll, we'll see. And then here we are again. And then next week we'll be having a nice little break and we can talk about how terrible both me and Corey are at predictions, but I think so. Uh, and speaking of breaks <clears throat> and things like that. So we're going to be putting out an extra episode. Don't know if it's this week could be next week, but we're going to do a special podcast around promotion relegation. I'm going to make so many people mad on that episode. I think I am too. <laughs> Um, a lot of people have been talking about it. We actually, uh, Kate, uh, asked the question for the fan questions, I think last episode, but I thought like, it'd be cool for the three of us just to have, you know, 20, 30 minute conversation about it. I have a lot to say. Um, but what I'd really like to do is like, once we have that episode, I'd like to hear everybody else's thoughts and, and, you know, you'll have more an idea of like what we're, what we're talking about once we do the episode, but yeah. Not sure if that's going to come this this week or next uh, next week. So just be on the watch for that. And I put out a poll today for the book club, the Mint City Soccer Show book club. A lot of people 
have voted on it on Instagram, on Slack, and on Twitter, and it's gotten pretty positive feedback and votes. So I think that might be a thing. So look nerds, Mister Nerds. It's just really an excuse for me to read and do book reviews and because I like doing that stuff. But yeah, uh, there's lots of cool soccer books. If you have any recommendations, send them over. I think the first one's going to be called Done Deal. Uh, and what I'll do with these is I'll put out a book review first and then give you a chance to get it. And then towards the end of the month, David will do like a virtual meeting like this, or we might do a Twitter space where people hop on and we just talk about it a little bit. So yeah, be a cool Done deal. That's, thing. The, that's the book you recommended to me during COVID, I think. And I actually read yeah. that book. So that, that's back. Yeah. I had plenty of time in my hands. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a it's a cool one. It's a, you know yeah. it's about salaries and budgets and player wages and stuff like that. It's, it's very neat. So I think we'll start with that one first. Uh, but yeah, put out some more information on that. So yeah, got some cool stuff coming up soon. And I will just tease here. I will do another soccer and coffee on Saturday morning before uh, before the Seattle game. So we'll get yeah. some uh, interactive. You know, uh, starting eleven predictions, score predictions. Sip some coffee and tea or energy drinks, whatever. Pick your poison, and we'll we'll discuss that before I drive up to Charlotte. Yeah. I think so. Be good if you if you listened in. I predicted the news. lineup. Yeah, yeah. Told you that Patrick was going to be starting. So, Miz, I thought it was a great. You did a good job of Thanks, leading that, and uh, a lot of people tuned in, and I think it's cool for our, it was neat for our first little go at it. So it's something that we can keep doing. So yeah, tune in, tune in Saturday morning. Well, uh, on that note, buddy, I think that's it. Unless there's anything else uh, you want to add. That's all I got. Awesome, guys. Well, we'll see y'all, I guess, Saturday morning, and then see you at the game Saturday. All right. See you guys.